Marie Kirkpatrick is a sales superstar and she's on a mission to help small businesses to design and optimize their sales process in a way that feels connected, authentic and aligned. Today we chat about how you can make your sales system simple, effective and aligned without feeling sleazy. And she also shares the biggest mistakes that she often sees when working with her clients. We touch on the sales psychology and how you can create a sales process that will make a big difference to your business. Hello, I'm Donna Han, a business coach and an online course creator, and this is the She's in Business podcast. You can think of me as your business bestie, who's a few steps ahead of where you are right now. As a mum fueled with ambition and determination, I've created and sold three businesses. I've learnt the lessons, made mistakes, and I understand the daily juggle and the hustle. I also know what it's like when relationships fray and burnout taps you on the shoulder. That was my world until I reshaped and transformed the way I ran my six-figure business. Today, I help women to transform their businesses and go from being the overwhelmed entrepreneur to becoming the thriving entrepreneur, feeling energized, empowered, and fulfilled within their business lifestyle. I want to inspire your business journey and help you to stop spinning your wheels because I want you to burn bright instead of burning out. And I'll invite other entrepreneurs to share their real life stories too because I want you to know that you're not alone. You can be the savvy entrepreneur that you are born to be and enjoy the freedom to do the things and be present with the people that mean the most to you. So if you're ready to rise to the next level and build a business by design, this is the She's in Business podcast for mums who are made for more. Donna Han here, your business buddy, and I am ready to deliver you another amazing episode packed full of value to help you along on your business journey. And today I'm joined by Marie Kirkpatrick, who is a sales superstar. <laughs> That's what I'm calling you. Um, and she's here to shine some light on making more sales inside of your business. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to share more about how people can yeah, nail their sales process in their business because it can make a huge difference between success and struggle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's start at the beginning. I'd love for you to share your journey um, of being a business owner. Tell us a little bit about you, what you do, why you're so passionate about all the things that you do and how you help people. So uh, I've been in business for just over eight years uh, in the consulting side of it. Um, but I originally got into business when I fell pregnant with my first son. I'd been thinking about business for years. Like I was always that person, one day I'll do it, one day I'll do it, one day I'll do it. And then as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I was just stopped in my tracks. And I thought I'm not going to be that person that has to ask for permission to go to swimming carnivals, sports carnivals, mm -hmm. and any main events that I wanted to go to with my kids. So I uh, found out I was pregnant and then decided while I was there that I would use all my annual leave knowing that I wasn't going to go back. There was no safety net there for me in my eyes. So I actually built an e-commerce business up 
to start with. And it was based around women's health and fitness because I had been struggling to find energy and just, yeah, I think more juggling with life. Mm. And so I was missing some key vitamins and supplements in my life. And then when I actually went to find vitamins and supplements for women, what I found was bodybuilding.com as a website. And I was like, wow, I've been in the fitness industry for many years in the past. And even me coming across bodybuilding.com was a little bit like, well, this isn't where I was supposed to be. Mm. So my goal for that first business was to find a space that women could um, have a really beautiful experience, get the help that they need um, at a really great price. And so I built my e-commerce business while I was pregnant with my son. And they always say, don't start a business when you're pregnant. I now totally agree with that advice. (laughs) Uh, but I took I took the leap anyway, and uh, yeah, so I built up that business. And then, as I was growing that business, I ran into someone that I knew many many years ago um, from the health and fitness industry, and she said to me, "Why are you behind an e commerce business?" And she said, "What do you really want to be doing?" And I said, "I want to be helping people with sales. Like it's something that I'm so passionate about. I've been trained in it for many years. Uh, I think there was just a whole heap of fear there for me, showing up, being vulnerable." it's scary. What if it doesn't work? What if people that I worked with in corporate saw me and thought, oh, she went out and did that business thing and it didn't work out. Now she's back working somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so there was a whole heap of fear around that for me. And so um, I ended up talking to one of my old um, clients around vitamins and supplements. And he was telling me that he got a trainer in uh, for about seven grand for the day And he just didn't nail it. And I was like, oh, seven grand in a day. Like, wow, could you imagine that? Um, And so I kind of made, like, he made a joke about it and said, oh, you know, you should have got me to do it. I was like, ha, 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 yeah. And then I walked out the door and I was like, that was my opportunity. Uh, I should have, yeah. Yeah, I should have kind of taken that step forward. And I thought about it for days after. You know, when you've got something in your mind and you think, oh, I really should have, or you have that conversation over and over and over again yep. and you think what mm-hmm. you would have said differently. Yep. Um, anyway, I finally uh, got the nerve to call him back a couple of days later and when he picked up the phone, he said, I've been thinking about you. And I was like, me too, funnily enough. Uh, and so he was my first ever client when it came to sales consulting. I ran training um, sessions for him and his team on how to sell and how to really build those connections and relationships with people mm-hmm. so that it felt good when people buy. Yeah. Um, and so eight years later, here I am now. I've shut down the e-commerce business because I just couldn't juggle it all. Um, mm-hmm. But I've actually ended up starting another e-commerce business by chance. So oh. uh, a mom with multi-businesses, there's a lot of balls in the air. <laughs> There is a lot of balls in the air and I can completely relate to that because up until last, the start of last year, so what are we, 20, I'm still getting used to saying that we're in 2023, um, but 2022 was the first year that I wasn't also juggling two businesses um, and yeah. it is so nice sometimes just to have Focus one, on one business ball to juggle alongside yes. kids and everything else but yeah I have totally been there and been doing a couple of different businesses at once and it's tough so hats off to you thank you it's I think if both of them weren't something that I was really passionate about it it would be a lot harder yeah I don't consider what I do as work which Mm. has its pros and cons um but yeah showing people how to sell and how to make money 
in a really good, authentic way. Yeah. Lights me up. So. Oh, that's so good. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Yes. So I would love, I, I really want to ask you about the sales process and how you teach your clients, all of that stuff. But before we get to that good stuff, can you share with us the biggest mistake that you often see when you're working with clients when it comes to their sales process? So there are a few mistakes I see. One of the biggest mistakes, even before they get to the sales process, is people focus so much on the marketing. Mm-hmm. And so they are looking to constantly generate leads and inquiries, which is obviously great. However, yeah. if you're not converting those leads and inquiries, A, it makes business a lot harder, but it's also a waste of time, energy, and money from mm-hmm. a marketing perspective. So yeah. what I say to people is let's sort out your sales process first and then turn on that marketing tap so mm-hmm. that Everything that goes into your bucket has a really high chance of converting and building that relationship and nurturing and you know exactly what's going to happen to each lead as it comes through and what sort of experience they've got to have. So that's probably the first thing that I see quite obviously. When it comes to the specific sales process, I see people answer questions before they actually understand what it is that their client needs. Now, what I mean by that is... Someone will say, well, how can I work with you? And so what they automatically start doing is talking about their products or their services or what it is that they can do to help. What I always recommend to people is let's start from the start. Let's ask some questions and figure out what it is that they need first. Mm -hmm. And then we can tailor our package and solutions to what it is that they're needing rather than just verbal diarrheaing everything that we can offer them and all our services and talking about money and all that sort of stuff before we've got any idea about what exactly it is that they need. Yeah, and how you can serve them best. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, interesting. And do you find that there, when you work with, like it sounds like that's very much a a service-based kind of business that you're sort of describing there. What about product-based businesses when it comes to the biggest mistakes you see them make? So um, from a product-based business and my other business is product-based, so it was something that I really had to fine-tune when it came Mm. to the sales process and things like that. It would be focusing too much on the features and not enough on the benefits of the product. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so when you purchase something, yes, the features are important, but a lot of the time as humans we're thinking about what's in it for me. How does this relate to me? How does this move forward? help me move forward? How does this fix the problem or challenge I've got? And it doesn't even need to be a challenge. It can be as simple as how is this going to make me feel? Like I've spoken to retailers that do like handbags and shoes. Now, yes, there's a practical side to handbags and shoes, right? Let's be really clear about that. But there's also a really fun, exciting element to those products as well. So yes, they have a benefit but there's also a very big emotional tie-in when it comes to that sort of stuff but if we just focused on the features then we're losing that ability to help them enroll in the in the benefits of it and the emotional connection that they potentially have with our products as well yeah 100% and so that leads so nicely into my next question which is all about sales psychology so I would love for you to educate um educate us on the guess the process, the buyer's psychological process that people go through when they're deciding whether to purchase or not to purchase, whether it be product or service-based, what is that? Because I think so often 
that's the piece that maybe business owners don't take the time to really learn and understand. So I would love for you to be able to shine some light in that area if you could. Perfect. I love understanding the psychology of sales and people in general. I'm the sort of weirdo that goes and watches like people watches and and I love people selling to me because I get to see what they know and how all that sort of stuff works. Mm. So from a psychology point of view, when it comes to sales, if we kind of make a long story short, there are two sides of the brain. There's your left side and there's your right side. And one of them is very green brain, which means go, yep, everything to move forward. And the other side is the logical stop side of it. And so when we are purchasing something, we deal with both sides of the brain. However, we want people to make buying decisions in the green brain. And the reason why we want to do that is because that's where our emotions and, yeah, our emotions are tied into that side of it. If we make things in the logical brain, it's harder for us to make a decision because we can't tie in those emotions and make those decisions from a really beneficial point of view. It's very logical, very factual. Mm. And we see that if people buy in that red brain, things that tend to happen are buyer's remorse, refunds, challenging clients, let's say. Mm-hmm if we put that nicely. And so when we sell, we want to make sure that we are ticking both sides of the brain, but we also want to make sure that our biggest, um, when we talk about those features, that's very red brain, but when we talk about the benefits, that's very green brain. And we tie in those emotions to the features, benefits, and feelings. If we just sell in the features side of it, we are just dealing with the red brain and it, our red brain tells us to stop like a red light. It says, yep, cool, something's scary here, something's fearful, and so we don't tend to move forward in that space very well. Yeah. Yeah. And so as a business owner, when we're trying to work out what's the messages, what's the the way that I market that, I guess, even though, you know, you said before we need the sales process first, but in communicating what we do, what we sell, how we sell it, what makes us different, what the features and benefits are, how do we, what sort of tips do you have around getting into the psychology of your ideal client or ideal customer and then creating <laughs> like yeah. a, you know what I'm getting to? A like perfect the, solution, right? Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that they just throw money at us. That's yes. exactly what throw we want. us the yes. money. Let's see that revenue rise. Yes. So when you are getting into the brains of your um, ideal clients, you want to understand what their biggest challenge is. What is, and I know a lot of people talk about this, what's keeping them up at night? What sort of um, challenges are they having that they're looking for solutions for? What I see a lot of people do is build a product or a service or a business around what they think people need. Mm -hmm. What they're missing is what are people actually telling you their problem is and then solve it with that product or service. And so when it comes to digging into that marketing side of it, look at your language. What sort of language are they using? How are they living their day-to-day life? What does it look like, feel like? What are their biggest challenges when they're sitting on the couch at seven o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night and kids have gone to bed? Whatever that is, is what you need to be talking to. And so connect on that space And then when you start talking about your product or services, yes, talk about the features, but don't talk about the features just on their own. For every feature, you need at least two or three benefits that link into that. And once you have those 
benefits that link into it. Then you choose which benefit matches your ideal person that you're trying to talk to in that marketing space. Very soon, I'll be opening the doors to my signature hybrid program, Ready to Rise, an online course combined with eight weeks of small group coaching with me as your business coach, designed for women just like you who have taken the step to leave into business and now you're ready to step into your potential and shift your business to the next level, feeling energized, confident and empowered with a plan to intentionally grow your ideal business. Over eight weeks, you'll level up your business skills, get essential business systems and strategic guidance for success. You'll finally let go of the mum guilt for wanting to live out your other purpose, a business that lights you up and brings you added financial freedom for the life you want to lead. Plus, you'll embrace self-care to avoid burnout. Now's the time to join the waitlist so you can scoop up the extra bonus and get early access. Go to donahan.com forward slash course for all the details. Let's talk about that sales funnel, for want of a better word. I don't know whether that's a word that you like to use or don't, but that yeah. that process in building an optimal sales process for your business, like what kind of things are essential when you're building that out to it to get those conversions through? Yeah, so I don't tend to like calling it a sales funnel mm-hmm. because I feel like if if your customers are like, I'm in a sales funnel, the emotion that that brings up tends to talk a lot more to the red brain. It feels like we're a number. It feels like we're getting churned through the process. Yeah. And so for me, it's more about what is that customer journey? What does that customer journey path look like? How does it Mm -hmm. start in your business? And then how do we not just end it when it comes to the sale? How do we then keep nurturing, onboarding, and creating those beautiful connections that create raving fans and referrals and all that sort of fun stuff? Yeah, and I agree that that is actually the most important part is that it's not just getting them in and getting them from that journey of being a lead to actually buying from you. It's the second part of that journey that is so important and I think that brings you the most value in your business is that ongoing customer referral and, um, you know, increasing the lifetime value of your clients and things like that comes in the second part of that process. Absolutely. I've still got clients that I worked with. Like I still got my second client from my consulting back in the day. Mm. And when I when I sit down and talk to my clients about what does that look like for them, it's about the steps along the way. It's not just, oh, great, now I've got a client on board. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Send them the invoice and the paperwork. I can now just sit back and relax. For me, it's like, what do I need to do to keep nurturing them, keep connecting with them, keep delivering? And we're both going to grow as that journey goes along. So we yeah. we need to adjust and change that as things expand as well. Mm. When it comes to your sales funnel in inverted commas, let's just call it that for today. For me, it's about piecing all the puzzle, all those pieces of the puzzle together and making sure that you have a nurturing and connected touch point along the way. And making sure that your clients don't feel like they're just a number or the people on your email list aren't just a number. You're providing value. You're providing solutions to their problems. Whether they're paying you or not, that level of value should still be there. It's just a little bit different behind the se- behind the curtain, I say. Once they've purchased from you, they get the full suite. They get 110% of Marie. Whatever you need, I'm here to help you along the way. From a front end point of view 
I don't want to be that client. Or I don't want to be that business where my clients are like, oh, she just kind of gives me a little bit of it. And then she says things like, if you want more, click here to buy, because that doesn't feel good either. That doesn't feel connected or anything. Um, so for me, it's like, what does, what do those connection points look like, feel like? I also put myself through my own customer journey paths in my business too. What's working, what's not working. Check out your stats and your metrics is also really important. Um, and that needs to be done regularly so that you can see what's falling apart in that customer journey path too. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can kind of go through and kind of plug up a hole, so to speak. But if you're not, if you're not measuring, and I did do a podcast recording about the importance of measuring, you know, all of the different indicators, I guess, in your business, whether that be your financial indicators for what's, you know, the revenue and the expenses that are coming through your business and your profit, but also looking at what are all of the different business activities that you do, be that marketing or sales or onboarding, all of those things that you can get really familiar with so that if you're looking at them and you're reviewing them every week or every month and you see something that is a sudden change, you can mm. then go in and investigate that more and figure out what's going wrong to cause those results to decline in that way or whatever it might be. And it works the other way too, right? Like if you want to turn your marketing tap on, then you also need to be really familiar with your business as to how that then has like a flow on effect to the rest of, you know, everything else. And so, yeah, I 100% agree with making sure that you are measuring and as you're going through testing and measuring all of the different changes that maybe you're making so that you're not, Sometimes you can cannibalize parts of your business without realizing it because you put something new in. And if you're yeah. not measuring that, you suddenly go, well, how come I'm not making sales over here anymore? Well, it's because I developed this thing that now means that no one else needs that thing anymore. <laughs> Did I think that through? <laughs> yes, I totally get it. What I also tend to do with my clients is once we set up that sales process, we actually break it down into each specific step. Mm-hmm. And so it means that we can tweak things and optimize optimize things as we go. One of my clients, we set up her full sales process and then we set up a follow-up process as well because she found that she had a lot of lost leads, people were inquiring, and then that was it. There wasn't, if they didn't buy, they kind of just fell to a dark hole or they went into her um, nurturing sequence from a regular newsletters and things like that. But for me, it was like, what can we do to re-engage those people? And so we had it down to tracking the emails, what they opened, how many times they opened it, what they clicked on, things like that. So we could really fine tune that process and it increased her business. I think it gave her an extra 25% on her bottom line just from focusing on a couple of those elements. But we wouldn't have been able to know that unless we went back through the tracking and the stat side of it as well. And it's really like 25%. That's huge. Huge. And the great thing was she didn't even realize that she had made that extra 25% until the end of the month and looked at her stats. Like it didn't feel any harder. It didn't Mm. feel over, you know, like when things turn up a little bit, sometimes the pressure can be a little bit full on. She didn't even realize any of that. She was like, oh, my gosh, I think we've had 25. I think it was 26%. 26% increase just on tweaking a couple of those things. Yeah. Wow. Changing That's the language so in things and the thing and the way that we say it and things like mm. that can be huge. Yeah. Um, I know for me, 
I've experienced this and I know in speaking to some of my clients, this is a concern that comes up sometimes, is the whole closing the sale mm. in, um, you know, that I guess that's the part that I feel a lot of people either shy away from um, or feel very, I don't know, it feels very icky. So yeah. any tips around closing a sale without coming across as pushy or just completely <laughs> like getting your the sales process to that point and then going, okay, I'm out now. I'm not going to ask yeah, question. Falling apart. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Any tips around that? Yeah. I think it's really important to add in there that one of the steps in the sales process should actually be asking for the sale. Mm. And when I was taught to sell back in the day, they used to say ABC, always be closing. And as I've gone on over the years, it felt really pushy. It felt hustly. It felt incongruent. It felt really gross because I knew that there were times where these people weren't right for what I was trying to sell and there was just a whole heap of pressure around it. So for me, it's yes, you have to ask for the sale. That is non-negotiable when it comes to sales. Sorry, everyone. It's just something you're going to have to get comfortable with. But I think that there's better ways to do it than considering it as closing. For me, you're actually starting, like you're starting a beautiful relationship. You're Mm -hmm. starting endless possibilities for not just you and your business, but for the person that you're helping or the person that's buying your product or services. And so that for me is really warming and exciting for me. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and the clients that you end up with for me a lot of my clients have become really great mates one of my clients said to me the other day oh it's really refreshing that you're the same in your personal life as you are in your business and I was like I'm the same person like I'm not changing and so when it comes to closing closing in inverted commas or asking for the sale for me it's about giving the person time to think and process once you've asked for that sale So you presented your solution or your package or your product or your service, whatever it is for your specific business and say something along the lines of, how does that sound for you? Would you like to work together? Would you like to get started? How does that feel? And you can just tweak it depending on what feels right coming out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. When I work with people, it's very much not about scripts. It's about frameworks. I don't want you to be that Telstra person on the other end of the phone that says, how are you? Good. Thank you for asking. And you're like, oh, you don't care. Like this is so robotic, it's gross. So for me, it's like put that framework around yourself, but you don't need to change who you are. Just make it work for you while also asking for that sale. Find those words that feel comfortable even in those uncomfortable situations. Yeah. And once you've asked for that sale and asked the question, just stop talking give the person time to really process all the information you've given them to have a couple of minutes to think about it and feel what's happening for them and uh, things like that. I see a lot of people constantly talking after they've asked for the sale and they end up kind of talking themselves out of the sale because the person Mm. goes, okay, yep, great. Thanks. I just need to think about it. Mm, And pushes away. Yeah. Because we haven't had time to go, okay, you've just given me all this information, which is great. I just need a minute to just stop mm-hmm. for a second. And, you know, for me, it's look over my notes or see what I've written down or check in with my gut feeling and things like that as well. 
So just find what feels comfortable for you. But, yes, you still need to ask for the sale. Yeah, and I think too, like even when you're in a product-based business as well, um, there's that fine line, like there's a lot of women that I work with that have both product or service base. So I'm just trying to like cover all kind of angles because I know there's a lot of different listeners. Um, And sometimes they'll be online, you know, online um, e-commerce stores and other times it's in person. And it's, you know, sometimes tricky to know what to ask, when to ask, how, you know, without being pushy or in someone's space and backing off at the right time and allowing them that thinking space and all of that kind of stuff. It's pretty complicated, isn't it, really, when you think about it? It can be. (laughs) And the reason, like, I don't want to wholeheartedly agree with you because for me it doesn't have to be. Mm. For me it's putting that framework in and that sales process that is step by step by like it's a series of repeatable steps whether you are online on an e-commerce business or you are selling face-to-face or on zoom or whatever that looks like there is still a sales process that happens in there there are so many times I go onto an e-commerce business website and I can't find where I'm buying something yeah where do I just click the button that says buy now or add to cart you've got to click through five or six different screens Mm. that's not a good sales process no. You need to make it really easy for people to buy and yeah. to hand over that money to you. Mm, really frictionless. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. Oh, this has been a really great chat. Like there's so much more that I could ask you about all the different things, but I also feel that it's important for people to go and discover you and to see what you do and how you do it in your way. So if people are keen to uh visit your website or check you out on socials where's the best place they can find you so my website is mariekirkpatrick.com so m-a-r-e-e no i kirkpatrick.com i've also got a really great download that may help some of your listeners which is Mm -hmm. um, mariekirkpatrick.com forward slash seven steps and that's the seven step sales process that i recommend people use as a framework into their business It'll show you uh, the parts along the journey that you need to be taking and will give you a really great start if you are feeling overwhelmed with it or you're not sure how to have those sort of conversations or kind of structure that through your business. Otherwise, you can find me on Facebook at Marie Kirkpatrick um, or Instagram at Marie Kirkpatrick or LinkedIn at Marie Kirkpatrick. Um, and I share a whole heap of tips and advice and thoughts. I also recommend to people, if you've got questions, just shoot me an email and I'm happy to answer them from a podcast perspective, from a content perspective, because if someone, if you're thinking it, someone else is probably thinking it as well. And if Mm -hmm. I can help answer that, then even better. That's awesome. I love that you help business owners to really create that simple system and for it to be effective and really also aligned with your business values and your values because I think that's where it removes that ickiness in the sales. Absolutely. You know, yeah. So that's been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of those things and also your um, seven steps framework. I think that that's going to be so valuable. I'm going to go check it out too because anything that helps your business to grow and evolve and, you know, sales is a big part of being a business owner. Otherwise it's a really expensive hobby (laughs) yeah so many people get into business thinking I'm really great at 
this or my product is amazing and so everything like build it and they will come it doesn't yeah. work like that you need to really master that skill set of sales mm-hmm. and sales can be such a life skill it's something that has saved me money everywhere I've gone it's given me a really great understanding of people and understanding how they work and things like that too mm-hmm. so sales is I always say sales is sexy not everyone believes me surprisingly <laughs> But I think it can, if I can teach someone to sell and to grow their business, that can be absolutely life-changing, especially for women. Yeah, I love that. And I couldn't agree more. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Pleasure. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the She's in Business podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share it on Instagram and Facebook. And I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a review on iTunes. Be sure to include your business name and your Insta handle so I can give you a shout out too. If you want to know more about what I do, the programs that I offer and how you can work with me, then head over to Donahan.com and follow me on Instagram at Donahan underscore coach. I hope this podcast inspires you to be courageous, to step into your potential and take action on building a successful and profitable business beyond what you thought was possible.